2: Welcome back, guys, to another week of Rampage Roundup. I think we're sticking with that for right now. I because... thought it was a
0: wrestling roundup. Wait, wrestling rampage. As you
2: can see, I brought Matt Tomasetti back this week because he was good last week. And apparently you guys liked him. He knows more about wrestling than me. He's a wrestling whisperer.
0: Well, thank you, Mary Grader, host of the, uh, the Rampage Roundup. Still a working title.
2: It's right? still a working title
0: got to find you some music, got to find you a title for this podcast. But uh, that being said, I've been asked back for another week, which is, I I would say flattering, flattering. But um, at the same time, I never in 10 million years, I would have guessed that the sun would have burned out and consumed the earth before I ever was asked onto a wrestling podcast. But then here we are in the year 2021 Mary has asked me two two weeks in a row now to be on her podcast to talk about the superior AEW wrestling and here we are and I'm I'm very excited I'm thankful I'm thankful. thankful thank you Mary thanks I'm back thanks do, Mary do you
2: see how he's doing this toy thing right now he's actually much better than he, he acts Matt Perello the, the lovely leader of a WWE podcast, unofficial, was saying that we had good chemistry and that people liked you. And that's because you make stupid things and make me laugh. And you're the wrestling whisperer. And don't sell yourself short, Matthew. Go.
0: I am the whisperer. You are. Let the audience know that I know exactly what is in store for professional wrestling. Um,
2: so have your is- week in professional wrestling because I try... I apologize to listeners about this getting up late because last day I was I was actually falling asleep during Rampage because I was very tired. I've had a long week. And I mentioned to Matt, um, it was probably because I watched Smackdown beforehand and I clocked out at 37 minutes. So here's the new gimmick is that I'm going to turn into Smackdown every week and see how long I can last. And this past week, it was 37 minutes. You know what came on the screen that made me turn off and go back to Daredevil? Because I'm rewatching Daredevil right now in preparation for Spider-Man uh, the, No Way Home. The
0: Marvel's Daredevil, the current Netflix series you're referring
2: to. Yes. The, the old it? Netflix series, which is superior to almost every... I know this is a wrestling podcast. I'm going to be a nerd for, for okay. comics right now. Right. The most superior, the line. And we've had these debates because we were both comic people. The bar for yes. all TV show comic book shows. I know you are a big fan of the boys. I am too. But Daredevil season two is the bar. That's apex.
0: It. The apex. apex. I will agree with that as well. But you know what, Mayor? That's talk for another
1: podcast.
2: <laughs> what I was saying was, I digress. I was watching SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching mm-hmm. Daredevil or rewatch right. in preparation for spider-man no way home um because of rumors and me being a nerd like that and i turned it off at 37 minutes do you want to take a, a swing as what came on my screen and why i turned off
0: all right <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're so smackdown so smackdown. you're watching yes. smackdown from this past week and you tuned out at the 37th minute now my guess is i don't have a guess because i have no clue what is I I think you absolutely anything know WWE. Oh, I think you... I do. In fact, was it uh, was it a was it a bit involving Happy King Happy Guy? What's his yes. name? Happy
2: Happy Corbin. Very good. Very, happy very good.
0: Kirby. So Apex, the Apex Wrestling League, the WWE not in competition with AEW by
1: any. Not at people. all.
0: Um, broke you, broke you, <laughs> broke your spirit at the 37 minute mark because of a uh, very, how would you call it, uh, strange storyline or predictable storyline for is the my thing, w-
2: like, w- Not to get off AEW, but this is the thing with with WWE. Yes, WWE wants to be mainstream so bad. So they, they do all these things that have to do with mainstream media and try to, you know, like the original WrestleManias. Like, that's why they were such a big deal. They had Cindy Lauper there. They integrated MTV Celebrity. and stuff like that.
1: Celebrity.
2: But at the time they were current. Vince oh. McMahon watches something and it'll be five years removed. And he'll be like, oh, that'll get the kids so it's like the whole Logan Paul bringing that guy in. He hasn't been, I, the guy's a piece of crap, one. But two, he hasn't been relevant in like four years. But he's been on TV in the last year. So my theory is, is that it was a movie night at the McMahon Mansion. McMansion. And they watched Swingers, which was relevant in 1998. And they were like, yo, That's what we should do with Baron Corbin. We're going to make him a swinger character who is like in the casino and stuff and give him an annoying sidekick. And that is what Vince McMahon thinks is going to get because it's pop culture. But like swingers and that whole scene was relevant when we were still in high school. That's how long ago it was. Or early 2000s. No, it was 90s. It was absolutely the 90s. And he thought that making Baron Corbin, even though I liked Baron Corbin, it was actually a funny bit. But he was like, I don't know, he wanted the casino, we're going to make a swingers character. So that's my theory about that. And I have no tolerance for it because that guy, Madcap Moss, which is the stupidest name in all of pro wrestling right now. As soon as that guy comes on the screen, I'm like, I'm out. If
0: anyone, if anyone tuning into the uh, Rampage Roundup here on the unofficial WWE podcast haven't been able to tell, uh, Mary has a lot to get off her chest with the WWE. (laughs) (laughs) This is her platform because, well, AEW has created the alternative in order for Mary to finally blow off some steam.
2: I hate the people that are like, oh, well, you know, you you can't be a pro wrestling fan and bash like WWE or like whatever, you're an AEW mark. No, I've been watching WWE before I can remember. It is one of my earliest memories. My father watched pro wrestling before I was born. My brothers were watching pro wrestling. My brothers are almost a decade older than me. No, I'm allowed to criticize WWE. I'm absolutely 100 allowed to criticize it. Let me let me uh, so so so. so. Are like, wait, no, hold on. People are like, "Oh, you're too negative about it and stuff like that." That's why I have a. I wasn't on the podcast for a couple months because I told Matt, who I was doing the week in review with, I was like, "I can't, I can't stomach this much longer." And obviously, with Punk and my favorite wrestler going to the opposite league, and like AEW is a new thing. So, yeah, I I, I have seen the blow off. I, I'm so angry at WWE because I've always been a fan of WWE. That's always been my home, and the fact that it's unwatchable right now, and even the Roman Reigns stuff, which is good, is getting stale because they refuse to mix it up. Like this Roman Reigns narrative, he's better as a heel, he's fantastic, but it's the same narrative that we need to make Roman the stature, like the pinnacle, and nobody else can have anything going on and nobody cares. So if Roman gets injured or Roman gets signed to do a movie or something, who do you have?
1: Who do you have? You have
2: nobody.
0: I I would just like to interject here, Mary, Um, because I am here, um, your guest, Post here um, on Rampage Roundup here on the unofficial WWE podcast. I don't give a about any of it. I honestly don't. I haven't liked the WWE since the end of the Attitude Era. I'm that guy, and the reason why I'm here is not to be a professional. You're the professional here. You just gave me a whole uh, you 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 puffed me up a bit. I. Did not care one single bit for professional wrestling. I haven't cared about it for quite some time until I encountered AEW. And AEW came along in 2019, if I'm not mistaken, right? 2018?
2: 2018. No. So 2019.
0: So 2019, AEW came around and I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe if, if they have an actual backer, good financial backer, unlike, you know, the TNA, Jeff Jarrett outfit that was you know fairly low rent and um you know on he the screwed roast. the
2: pooch on that too so it's you.
0: AEW came around to me I was always curious because I you know I was a huge pro wrestling fan back in the mid to late 90s along with everybody else of course as a kid I loved Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and Andre the Giant and I got to see all of my my heroes Um, at the Spectrum down in Philadelphia when I was growing up as a kid my dad brought me to my first professional wrestling match but I was a fan of wrestling up until wrestling started to get kind of bad after the Attitude Era and after the WWE bought everything up and nothing ever came of the merger between the companies AEW came came around and all of a sudden it's like all right this is a an interesting curio they're picking up some names you know Chris Jericho who I'm a fan of who is is
2: technically even though he started in WCW he's a WWE lifer his career was made in WWE
0: so for someone like Chris Jericho to, to hop on to an outfit like AEW point is just to finish my point is that I really haven't been paying attention to WWE you have I have completely detached from professional wrestling up until AEW, and I don't want to, you know, make it seem like oh I've been on with the AEW since the very beginning. Certainly not. I have not. It, it took me uh, to it took you actually to sit me down like we're going to watch that that pay per view. We're going to watch All Out, and you know this is after CM Punk, who you are a huge fan of. If anyone on this podcast doesn't know mary is a cm punk mark uh through and through and uh she would like for him to be uh her husband but...
2: yes he's my future ex-husband i don't i i mean i all respect to aj i mean yeah, so, she's got so, a mark, so let's but... just
0: let's i'm just trying to map out like I, I, i'm not coming on to this podcast acting like i know what i'm talking about all i'm saying is that this has inspired a joy in professional wrestling that I have not experienced since 2001. This is 20 years later and I'm enjoying this I've been watching it every week. I like the talent. It is incredible to me. And so, you know, the WWE, I don't care. I just don't care for what the WWE is doing at all. I don't think what I've seen, I sat down, you know, you and I were hanging out not too long ago, we watched Survivor Series and I did not think it was good. There was, an it was entire bit, <laughs>
1: there
0: was an entire bit sponsored by Pizza Hut that was utterly aggressively embarrassing to watch. Um, yeah. You can say the main event was very good with Roman Reigns and blah, blah, blah. But I just don't care. But that,
2: You can't bank a company on one person and they've done that for so long.
0: If anyone listening to this is teed off, I guess, by the fact that Mary is downplaying her experience watching the WWE. Well, this is probably not going to be the podcast.
1: <laughs>
0: this is probably not going to be the podcast for you. We are here to talk AEW, man. And this week's uh, Rampage, uh, on Friday, last night, as the time of were recording this, AEW's Rampage had three key matches, which I thought were all fairly good.
1: Just
2: but to again, wrap up what we were talking about, we always have the discussion about how you didn't watch WCW before, like, you know, the war. Like, you weren't even watching it during the war. No, I could couldn't. I, no, it?
0: I didn't really. I didn't care about WCW until the NWO became word of mouth. When people were like, no, you know, you, I, mean, I think you need to start watching pro wrestling. T- tune in to WCW because they are doing some wild And yeah, around the time that NWO, for those of you who are listening to this, who might be of age, who are watching WCW, back in the day, that was pretty wild and dynamic television. I remember tuning it to the first time and catching WCW, because again, I had not been watching professional wrestling since I was probably a little kid. And now I'm a teenager, I'm in high school, and you know, watching the, the number two, what was always kind of the number two to WWF for WWE, the WCW, doing something so intensely weird and surprising that it was, it was, it became must-watch television. And it became not just about the wrestling, but it was like this is straight up entertaining to watch. And you didn't know what was going to happen week after week. And you could say that, you know, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of good wrestling going on or anything like that because, you know, you basically had 13 to 15 guys coming out at random, uh, random intervals and interrupting a match or something like that. But it was, like, surprising. It was exciting. It was strange. And it felt, it felt good. It was good TV, genuinely. And when you had, you know, talent who came up like Raven, and you had, you know, oh well, Benoit was still a thing back then. Before, you know, Ric Flair. I mean, all of these guys were, were like I the, the the people who I the wrestlers who I really didn't care about suddenly I cared about, and it was very exciting to watch. And of course, obviously, then things that. Polarity changes, and the WWE starts taking the heat away from WCW. with when Stone Cold Oh yeah, my point was was profit. that
1: like
2: we always talk about this, and I I bring up my dad a lot with wrestling because that's where I started watching wrestling. It's literally the only thing that me and my brothers had a bond of because they were so much older than me. We all watched wrestling together. My father, when all that was stuff was going in the '90s, he stopped watching WWE. He was like, "F Vince McMahon." He hates Vince McMahon Jr. My dad was an old school Vince McMahon senior and he just was like, this is all garbage and stuff. And at the time, you know, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he's right. Like at the end of the day, my dad called that guy being a hack. And I'm not, again, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get so much heat for this. We also talk about how Vince kind of cramered his way into all his success. The only thing that is original Vince McMahon that was a success was The Undertaker. And it was because he was doing all this campy stuff at the time. And my father was like, no, this isn't wrestling. So I was watching WCW. Like I knew about Sting. I knew about the Four Horsemen. I knew who Steve Austin was before Steve Austin was. The Hollywood Blondes was like my favorite tag team when I was a kid. I remember Austin being the TV champ for like four years. And I remember watching it with my dad and being like, he's still champ. Like it was crazy. And when I bring these things up to you, you're like, I don't know about that. And it's just weird. So, in retrospect, coming full circle, like my dad criticizing Vince McMahon so much. And my dad, before he passed away, would still turn in for like Undertaker stuff. Like, if it was a special thing, he would watch WrestleMania, you know, but he like stopped watching wrestling because as soon as Vince McMahon took over everything after senior died. My, going into the 90s and going into the attitude era and all that stuff. I mean, my obviously my dad's a different generation so he wouldn't understand the attitude era things. But his claim was was that this was going to destroy everything. And we always have this talk about anything that was popular in WWE during attitude era was something that he took from somebody else. Hogan wasn't him. He's still Hogan. Leading into attitude era. Austin was the ringmaster. And we always make the joke about Frosty McFreeze. The rock, yeah. I'm sorry, Frosty McFreeze. Not, but... did, Frosty yeah, McFreeze? Did,
0: that was one of the the uh, names. The pitched names that Vince
2: for Austin
0: to Steve Austin.
2: And he didn't he know what to do with them.
0: Refine his refine his persona. Yeah. Frosty McFreeze.
2: Frosty McFreeze. And even yeah. the rock. Okay, so yeah, you could say that The Rock is a homegrown WWE talent. He is, absolutely. His father, his grandfather, but The Rock was a face at first, and he was Rocky Maivia. And it took the crowd turning on him to become what he was. That was not a Vince McMahon idea. That was something that was forced. And that's why it was so upsetting or or weird when roman reigns came out and obviously he's part of the same family as his cousin and you're forcing reigns as a face and he's getting booed the same way the rock was when the rock debuted as a face and it was like this is like not rocket science turn the guy and they do it and it took a pandemic and i don't know what it was i know we've been all over the place but my point is is that My father was right about Vince McMahon and it's really, really funny because at the time growing up as a kid, I was like, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. But my dad was right because everything that we've talked about, like talking about Vince McMahon and and how WWE got big, if it wasn't for Stone Cold taking over his character, if it wasn't for the curtain call, if it wasn't for all that stuff that happened with Shawn Michaels and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash going to WCW, all that stuff. WCW would have won. Steve Austin saved that whole thing. And that was not because that was Vince's creation. That was Steve Austin being like, no, I'm not going to be Frosty McFreeze. I'm not going to be the ringmaster. I'm going to be me. We, we kind of ventured off, but WWE right now is in this really corporate thing. And it's like at any job that you, that you're at, once the micromanaging gets really, really bad, WWE is not going to fold because they have too much, they have more money than God, but I don't know what they're doing right now. And, and everything that their response, even though AEW is not competition, but happy Corbin, happy Corbin. That's their response to everything. AEW might not be getting the same readings or they might be below But again, I've always said, like, we live in a different time now. This isn't about TV readings. You don't know how many people watch it on demand. You don't know how many people stream it. So it's just a better product overall because these people aren't handcuffed to stuff. WWE has released so many talents in the last two years. That is just baffling. There are some people that are backstage that are collecting a paycheck and they're not being utilized or they're in catering. That's fine but to release names like Bray Wyatt and Keith Lee and Karrion Cross, who was super over. And then they made a joke of him. He got squashed his first week that he was on me roster. It's just baffling to me. And again, I, I we kind of went on a tangent. We were talking about why I'm doing an AEW podcast. I'm a WWE fan. I don't want WWE to fall. I don't want the McMahons to sell WWE, which it seems like in the last two years, that's what they're going towards. And they're trying to make it such a family friendly product that they can sell it. I think that if the WWE is not in the McMahon's hands, it's it's stupid. Even if Vince is running it and he's running it in the ground, seventy or she should be taking over that product. It would be a shame. It's a legacy. That's my personal opinion. I don't know how we got here, but it let's get into matter.
0: We're here you now. You on this. yes. Allow me, as as your as your guest here on as the guest on on Mary's podcast here uh, this week. That I don't give a damn about the WWE. I couldn't care less. The what I care about when it comes to professional wrestling at this point, me, me a former fan of wrestling, is that AEW has caught my attention and that I genuinely enjoy the product. I am tuning in every week and I feel like for the most part, and again, coming as a non-fan, non-professional, professional wrestling observer, let's say, I feel like every week you're getting a pay-per-view level experience and i'm being absolutely honest about that
1: i mean and
2: with that's every, with every match
0: with every match certainly not no. okay
2: because you're focused what? on the wrestling and it's not I am, so much because stellar. it's it yes. is
0: impressive it's incredibly
2: that was my point that was why i brought up wcw and, 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 is that if you actually into... listen to me before the attitude error actually happened and the attitude error was actually a response because wcw was putting out a better product professional wrestling wise than WWE was at the time, because WWE was a bunch of characters. And that's why The Undertaker was a Kramer thing, as you like to say. Yes, that is is the only thing that Vince can put in his hat. But it was because he was making Bumblebee tag teams and a Repo Man. And he just was like, oh, we're going to have a guy that's like in a morgue. I remember watching Undertaker on WCW is me, Mark Callis, and being with Paul Heyman, and being in the Dangerous Alliance, and this is stuff that you don't even know what I'm talking about right now because you're like, ah, WCW. With WCW, WCW was putting out a better product than WWE was at the time, and that's why my father started watching, we were watching both, but he started focusing on WCW because it was just better wrestling, pure-wise, and it had Flair, and it had Sting, and it had all these guys, and it had Pillman, and it had all these things. Now, when the Attitude Era came over, and WCW was, was killing WWE up until The Rock and, and Austin broke, which was by mistake, it wasn't because of Vince McMahon booking, it was because... The click did something stupid, and the only fall guy was Triple H. Triple H was supposed to win that King of the Ring, and everybody seems to forget that Triple H was supposed to win that King of the Ring that Austin won. Austin was not booked to win that. If Austin didn't win that, we would have never gotten Austin 316. We would have never gotten anything. And it would have been Triple H, who, again, in retrospect now, I respect him more as a wrestler, but at the time – it's the, he he was riding Shawn Michaels' coattails. He's always been riding his coattails. He's never been Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest of all time. I will never, I was always a Rockers fan. I always loved him. But it's kind of the same thing. So if you're not paying attention to AEW right now, because you're so in, you know, WWE is the product, it is the brand, it is the bar. You're kind of being like what you were At the time, being like, oh, WCW, I don't really, I don't, you know, it's NWA, it's old school. Oh, but WWE, flashy lights. But I digress. So this is where I get upset about people coming after me and being like, you're just bashing WWE to bash WWE. I'm not. I want WWE to be good. When there is competition, you get the best products out of everybody. Their response currently to AEW is subpar. And I can't see that anybody backstage with all the releases and stuff like that are like, okay, yeah, I'm sure they're trying. Nobody has the balls to step up to Vince McMahon. The boat has sailed. WWE is kind of in the position right now where they weren't taking WCW seriously at the time.
0: My feeling was from that era that the WCW lost the thread And for such a strong storyline they had going with the NWO, they didn't know how. And you can maybe, maybe you can blame this on Hulk Hogan since he was... I
1: am
2: going to blame it on Hulk Hogan. You know, the only reason I'm going to blame it on Hulk Hogan to cut you off before you even say anything is just because you mentioned Chris Jericho. Okay? And Chris Jericho was the face of AEW for a while, even though Cody kind of stabilized it. But Chris Jericho, in my opinion, when he when he finally retires, I think he's the greatest of all time.
1: I'm
0: shaking my head.
2: I know you are and because I love people Jericho. say, okay, so people say Matt Rushmore wrestling. You I love know.
0: Jericho. I love Chris Jericho.
2: Okay, they say Hogan and Flair and The Rock or The Undertaker or Vince McMahon, and that's fine. And I, I don't necessarily agree with those disagree calls with Steve that. Steve Austin. Uh, and Austin, yes, I'm. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with it, and this is this is the problem and the fight I get in with people all the time. Hulk Hogan put wrestling on the map, absolutely deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore. Okay, he made it mainstream, but Hulk Hogan would never be at the level that Austin is, and. Ric Flair, who technically and betterly on a mic than Hulk Hogan was. Hogan has five moves and same gimmick every time he did a promo. Flair was beyond his time. I think that Rick Flair is the greatest of all time. What I'm saying is with Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho constantly reinvents himself, and he's still good on the mic, and he can still go in the ring, and he's not this huge guy. Chris Jericho has done more for wrestling bringing attention to the smaller wrestlers. because Chris Jericho is a cruiserweight. At the end of the day, that is how he came. So the whole thing that when you brought up Chris Jericho being the face, Chris Jericho was in WCW and he was a cruiserweight and they had a cruiserweight division, like you said, with Benoit and Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and all this stuff. And you had Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and all these guys in charge of creative in their or their characters, in their contracts, paying them buttloads of money because those were the biggest stars that they could steal from WWE. And they were pushing these guys down. They did not want them to have their light. They didn't understand that they were, I mean, at the time they were pushing 40, but they didn't want to get the younger guy over. And that is why all those guys deflected to WWE. And that also helped WWE killing WCW. Because the talent that they had with those four guys alone and Perry Saturn, WCW wasn't letting it happen because they had the old guard in there and they didn't understand it. it's almost the same thing that is happening with WWE and AEW right now. Vince is stuck in this mentality from the 90s and the 80s, and he still can't see that the the, the little guy, Punk O'Brien. Those are the guys that are caring because they can do more. You do have big guys that can do crazy stuff like Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen. But if you are not going to develop younger talent and smaller guys because you have a vision in your head that you think that a professional wrestler, and we already broke through this block in the 90s that proved that Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho's debut in WWE – was one of the biggest debuts ever. And this was a cruiserweight. This was a small dude. He's already a goat, in my opinion. Like Chris Jericho, I love CM Punk. Chris Jericho is always going to be a better wrestler than CM Punk. There's, there's no, if you're taking all the aspects to make a goat, Chris Jericho at the end of the day is going to be the greatest of all time. Austin's career was cut short, rock left, but they still couldn't do the crap that Chris Jericho could do. And I'm done with my rant.
0: Hot take.
2: I <laughs> have gotten to AEW.
0: There is supposed to be a structure to this podcast this week, and we have gone horribly off the rails. But yes. that being said, that in one of those segments was going to be hot takes. And if uh, I'm not mistaken, that is a
2: that hot is the take. Thing. I know there's a lot of people online that agree with me about Chris Jericho. The guy is hilarious on commentary. He can still cut a promo. He still can go in the ring. And I just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities right now where WWE is acting like, oh, they're not competition, but they're not responding to it. You can only do kid stuff so
1: much.
0: You can only do kid stuff so much. And that's the thing that, that troubles me about WWE Rewind, is that it feels like kid stuff. And I understand that there will be people who are listening to this. If you made it this deep into this podcast, who would take umbrage with that. It just, it's not, WWE is not a product for me. Yes. AEW has taken, has taken the reins, uh, has, has fully, it's, it's caught my hackles, man. It picked up where I left off as a fan of professional wrestling back in 2001. And that's what I love about this league. Uh, I, that's what I love about what they're doing. That's why I love almost all of the uh, the wrestlers in this league, and I, I, I'm kind of I'm ashamed that I wasn't fully on board when Brody Lee uh, was still alive, because I was I was simply I was like a casual I check in from time to time. It's like, let's see what let's see what the upstarts doing, and I remember thinking that Brody Lee, I was like I didn't know who that guy was. I didn't watch WWE. I barely knew who, who. What was the organization he was part of? WWE. What was it?
1: Hey, what was that?
0: What was the organization? What was the family?
2: The Wyatt family.
0: The Wyatt family.
2: With
0: Wyatt, Bryant, right? which you, uh, Ray, Bray Wyatt. Would you have always heard about Ray it? But... And Brody Lee was part of. So I I wasn't watching any of that. And when when I tuned in from time to time, I you know flip over to. To watch, uh, uh to, to see what a what that strange upstart wrestling league was doing, saw this big, tall guy with this big beard. He kind of looked like, you know, Daniel Plainview from, uh, There Will Be Blood, only <laughs> supercharged with a huge beard, and he was terrifying. He was a scary-looking guy, and I was like, yeah, this is somebody who's got a lot of. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of charisma.
2: And like Luke Harper, I mean, Bernie Lee, I mean, he could move for a big guy.
0: He was great. And then you He's had, great. of course, you had Jericho, who's a part of this thing. I was like, maybe I should be watching this. I didn't get into it up until uh, very recently. But what I've been watching since all, uh, all In has been phenomenal. And that's why I am watching it every week. And that's why Mary has has invited me here
2: all right, so let's dive into the rampage last night. We day. need
0: to get into the meat of this place. Meat, the
2: meat of the podcast.
0: Meat. Um, and so, potatoes. rampage
2: last night. So, the first match. Rampage
0: of last night, which another great showing, in my opinion. I, I don't have many criticisms because I enjoy, I enjoy this league so much. The night kicked off with one known and one unknown. I am not very familiar with Tony Nice. Uh, but, of course, TNT champion Sammy Guevara.
2: I told you last night, Tony Nese was in WWE. Um, he was on the 205 product, which is still a thing. I thought they canceled it, but apparently it's still a thing. He's a cruiserweight. Anyway, great guy. Solid wrestler. Um, but you were like, I don't know who this guy is. And I was like, No, oh, I didn't.
0: He- I was like, is this, the, he kind, of- I figured.
2: He thought he was the Tony UFC Nese fighter. Is,
0: it- I figured Tony Nese was kind of like another jobber. Um, like an MMA
2: guy. You said that to me at one point. I
0: did because he—he he actually Tony Neese is built like Ken Shamrock was in his heyday in the uh, UFC, the old the older days. Uh, he is a large dude. He is cut. Um, I had. And it just doesn't kind of. You looks like too shredded for a professional wrestler. It's sort of like. I mean, sort have of like you seen Finn, Finn Balor?
2: Like that's a stupid thing. Like Finn <laughs> like, Balor right. is never in a carbon. in his life,
0: or, or for that matter, uh, 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 Mr. Ass. <laughs>
2: at like fucking <laughs> at sixty years old, yeah. <laughs> uh, of
0: the Gun Club, I keep calling him Mr. Ass. I'm sorry, I can't. Call
2: he is him Mr. Ass. I'm an ass man.
0: Uh, <laughs> Billy Gunn. Is also at his age chiseled out a rot to go back to Tony Um uh, Very big dude. So I, I didn't know exactly what, what his background was. Um, an awesome match.
2: Holy hell. It was very, very, match. very
0: good. Which is, you know, typically when you're getting, you know, any of these uh, uh, Guevara matches, Tony, uh, Sammy Guevara ma- uh, matches, you're going to get a solid show the dude has grown into a hell of a pro wrestler my god the two of them really they put on a show and uh if i'm not mistaken mayor i sent you a text message and i said a here's my long shot prediction title the tnt title is going to go to tony music
2: yeah and you did and i said counter he's this is like a third match and AEW has been very good with not um putting titles on people just because they come over So um, I think Sammy Guevara right now, um, I don't know a lot about Sammy Guevara. I know that he's been in this league for two years. I think he's a stellar wrestler because there's a different look, different gimmick. I don't really necessarily get it that much, but like I don't hate him or anything like that. I think that he is very, very good for being the TNT champion right now. I don't know what's going to happen when they go to TBS because that title is probably going to go defunct, but I also didn't think at the same time that they were going to be like, oh, we're going to have Tony Like He's been on dark. This was his first um, main roster, I guess you could say, debut match. I I didn't think he was going to win, but I mean, if it's making you question it, then... It was a
0: long shot. It was a long shot, and and, uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was... um... It was a very good match, uh, equal on both respects as far as the skill involved in.
2: Um, but now you're interested about Tony Nice, right? I, I am suddenly him.
0: interested in Tony Nese. I want to see what this guy is going to do because I, I'll, I'll tell you, one of the reasons why this is why, this is why I'm not a professional. Uh, I can never have my own professional wrestling podcast. One of the reasons why I thought the title would go to him is because, uh, well, his name is Two Thirds. Of the TNT title. So that I was, was
1: like, oh, maybe, maybe know, they want to like, just. It. <laughs> they kind of are like, oh, his but initials
2: can't. are the same as the title, so he's going to win the title. I guess. Yeah, you know, it's like, you never, yeah, you
0: know, maybe want to keep things fresh.
2: No, I mean, that he, could be a gimmick, gimmick in the future. Tony Meese, hit up Matt for your booking.
0: Sure. But <laughs> don't get for your gimmick. Right. Exactly. Uh, I will keep things exciting in professional wrestling booking because, in the very least, I just want to see some uh, weird happen but uh sammy Guevara obviously carrying his weight in the AEW, and and quite frankly he's got plenty to do with storylines and whatnot going forward
2: so i mean he's involved for sure oh he's gonna have
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right uh and, and you you want to keep the other uh, belt you want to keep the belt on him you want to keep him going he is a, a very fresh talent I mean, um, I don't know what his future is. I don't know
2: who's going to challenge him for it. I mean, there's so many new young talents that, like, you don't know. We will see. We
0: will see. Could be be CM Punk somewhere down the line. I could see that happening.
2: (laughs) CM Punk is above that title. Sorry.
0: Oh, well, I don't know about
2: that. That's just me. Honestly, I don't see Punk getting a lower title. If he's going to get a title, he's going to be entered into that. Main event, but I think that like he's.
0: Are you debating the wrestling whisperer?
2: Yes, I am actually.
0: That is, um...
2: I think that Punk knows he doesn't need a title. And when he's going to go with a title, it's going to be for the main thing. But I think that Daniel Bryan is more on that course right now than Punk is. I don't know if Punk is working the gimmick of the old man really, really well, or he hasn't wrestled in seven years. Um, His match on Dynamite this past week was great. Um, but at the same time, I still don't know if he's still kicking off Rust or if it's just he's working this gimmick where he's like, I'm the old dude and I'm putting over younger guys. And I think he's doing that just because despite people thinking that, like, he's a complete and utter douche, which he might be, I think he, like, really takes value in the old school mentality of putting younger talent over him. He knows that he's an established name. And even if he's on a winning streak, he's still undefeated. I think that the matches that he does have, he's making these guys look great. The guy that he wrestled on Wednesday, was a great match. The guy looked like he was going to beat him. And then Punk, you know, stole it. I don't know what the long-term booking is for him. I think Punk is kind of feeling it out, but we're all always waiting for the greatest thing that the devil ever did was convincing you that I did not exist. And everybody's waiting for that. So when that happens, that punk, when that punk shows, we'll see, I thought it was going to happen with Eddie Kingston. And I think that everything I said last week with Omega getting taken out because he was injured and, and, and John Moxley being taken out, I think they kind of screwed where Punk was going to turn heel quicker than Daniel Bryan, and I think they're the same level. So they're going with this Daniel Bryan thing that is heel, and they don't want to have Punk go heel yet. I still don't think that we've seen what they have in store for Punk right now. I think they're still feeling out, but they, there might be long-term bro- booking that we don't I- know about. Punk is really involved in his storylines. My
0: sense is that CM Punk has to reach a certain point, which is very vague to say, now that it's escaped my lips. He's going to uh, hit a certain point where he can't go any farther, whether that's finally wrestling Brian Danielson or somewhere down the line, maybe a, a Kenny Omega.
2: Who knows? You said Chris Jericho when he first came or back G- to you. Very that, much that was on that.
0: Actually, it. my take is that eventually you're going to see CM Punk and Chris Jericho facing off, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe the, the thing that that finally crosses the Rubicon for CM Punk to turn heel is to finally face La Champion, Chris Jericho. That could be the, That could be it. There's going to be a limit. The CM Punk's climb, right? At this point now, the crowd is still enamored with him. Who doesn't love to see CM Punk? He's the old guy. It's wonderful. It's, it's, opinion, it,
2: was, it's very was, much for people who are watching wrestling at the time when he had his huge run in WWE. It's like, oh, comfort. Because we all knew back then how good he was. I mean, I've showed you old matches before he got to WWE. He was good then. But I think you're right. I mean, you were very, very adamant about the Jericho thing. And I was like, oh, well, they did the Jericho thing in WWE. No, they, but they, but they did it WWE-wise. I think there could have been it. a lot more that they could have done it if it wasn't PG.
0: What they've done in WWE doesn't mean anything. The Jericho
2: Punk program was age, great. It was just recycled stuff. It
0: doesn't matter. You can't look at it in the same sense of you know, the comic book world, for instance. There is no theme that has carried on for years. Eventually, CM Punk is going to face off against Brian Danielson.
2: And I think that's gonna be more interesting than it actually is gonna be versus Jericho.
0: Absolutely.
2: Because Brian Punk, and, and Punk's Punk history is... with being the independents, like what I'm trying to say to you is that Punk and Brian were that door for WWE to start signing independent wrestlers. CM Punk is
0: going to, to finish my thought, CM Punk will eventually face off against Chris Jericho. It's going to happen. Doesn't matter what's happened in the past. WWE, none of it matters. It's going to happen in AEW because it's a different dynamic in AEW. It's exciting, it's awesome. And eventually, yes, CM Punk is going to reach a ceiling that he can't continue to achieve. And he is going to turn heel, and then the entire script is going to be rewritten.
2: Yeah. So, yes, we wanted to talk about, even though this is a Rampage um, review show, about CM Punk and MJF on Wednesday night. So, before, Matt, I, I know you have opinions about it, and, and we are both MJF fans. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not. I think he... Is a very good heel. He does the old school thing where he stays in character outside of wrestling things. That was weak sauce from MJF this week, like calling him PG Punk, and whatever he was talking about was terrible. And I just don't know. I was there's this guy that I talked to on Twitter, um, True God, who is awesome. He tweets a lot, but he has he has a good wrestling brain. We talk a lot about this stuff. We DM each other all the time, and he was just like, "I think Punk burned him last week," and I think that's what happened. I think the previous week, MJF came out and it was great, and Punk burned him really bad, and I think he lost confidence in himself because Punk didn't say a lot this week because he had nothing to go on. Like it just some like MJF is not as he was on commentary for Punk's match. Um, Punk is better on commentary. Chris Jericho is better on commentary. I feel like he wasn't comfortable. It seemed like something was really off. And I don't know if it's like, MJF is a very good mics man and he's very good as a heel and he's got burns for days. But I think like going up against a legend, I don't care if Punk is still active. He's a legend on the mic. I mean, he was one of the best mic men that have come out in the last 20 years. Punk's been around for a while something seemed really off. Everything that MJF was doing was very um, kindergarten WWE. I don't think that he knew how to step to him. What do you think?
0: Okay, so I will take a different tack. I think MJF is quite possibly the best mic man in the business at the moment.
2: Now. Uh, now, That is a disagreement, Matthew.
0: Yes. And this isn't even the hot take segment, might I add.
1: (laughs) Look,
0: CM Punk, look, I am not going to ever speak ill of CM Punk or his skill. And I still think maybe I should dial it back a bit. Back a bit. Uh, Punk is arguably there were, we've had this discussion in the past. Who are the top Mike, people,
2: ever, ever? Are, are we having an actual discussion about this right now? You're asking. Well, we, my no, well, you
0: and I have already had this discussion. Okay, with, but uh, I'm, well, I'm putting this out
2: there. Yes, but we I will, have had this I will discussion. Give the
0: top three, top three.
2: Okay, you can give you your top three. I'll get mine.
0: Austin, okay. Punk, and The Rock. Now, in no particular order. I'm not. I'm not saying that's one, two, and three. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock and CM Punk and I am not putting them in order again I'm going to leave it there and Chris Jericho is in a very very close tie there for the third place because Jericho is uh Lord I will say that Uh, you're and 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 for those of you in the podcast Mary is shaking her head vociferously uh no because
2: like honestly like here's the thing I understand, wait, wait, hold on, to cut you off real quick. I understand why people say that Austin is the best mic man of all time. I understand. I view mic skills way different than everybody else. Austin is very good on the mic, talking had the same streamline every time I know this is gonna be interpreted in the wrong way, and I'm saying this before I state what I'm going to say. I do not think that Austin is in the top three of all time. And I think that he is very much so, while he is better, I hate saying this because I know I'm gonna get so much crap for this, very much the same as Hogan. He has a gimmick. That's why people consider Hogan one of the best Mike guys of all time. It's kind of the same thing recycled every time, but he like puts a skew on it. Okay. If you're saying like off the cuff, combating everybody person, often often at the end of the day, his whole thing was like, I'm going to kick your ass, take a drink for the working man. I'm going to go do this. There was no substance to it. You saying that top three is Austin, rock, and punk, or MGF, or Jericho, even you're leaving out Paul Heyman. I don't give a that. Heyman is not a wrestler. You can't have that argument without putting Heyman in it. You can't put Austin above Heyman just because he's a wrestler, because Heyman. You're, you were saying MJF is the best Mike guy on the planet right now. Heyman is still the best Mike man on the planet. What he is doing with Reigns, what he did with Punk, what he's done in the background, Paul Heyman is the bar. Now, if you're a wrestler and you can get to that point, you have CM Punk, you have The Rock. I'm never ever gonna argue The Rock argument even though Punk owned his ass when he came back. And and everybody who wants to come at me, at mayor underscore bear. The boxing with God promo that Punk did on The Rock because it was The Rock is better than his pipe bomb promo. It's better because he owned him. Because at that point, The Rock was scripted. It wasn't The Rock just being The Rock. The Rock had become a character of himself, right? So very much in the same way, I feel that about Austin. I'm not saying that Austin is not good on the mic. I'm not saying that Austin, but Austin was kick-ass, take names. That's it. There was no, okay, how can I get to this guy's Achilles heel? MJF is very much that. I think that MJF is fantastic. It's something that we haven't seen in a long time. But on Wednesday... I don't know if Punk scared him the week before and he felt intimidated by his elders. What he gave on Wednesday and Punk had nothing to work with it and Punk still owned him. That you saying MJ, he is, he's one of the best, Mike, but he's still very young.
0: Now it's my turn, Mayor, because right, this is at your no turn. point uh-huh. in this discussion did you ever mention that we have to include those who were technically not wrestlers.
2: Now, I mean, well, we're staying, all the time. You well, have let me state for the right, because not for nothing,
0: but Vince McMahon himself Yes, is an amazing mic name. I was amazing absolutely just, just
2: to say that.
1: Vince McMahon in his
2: heyday on the mic, in the Attitude Era was one of the best promo guys ever. I, I, like, now, I, I'm now, not going to deny that.
1: I
0: understood that you wanted to include everyone, including managers or or height, man, or what have you, then I may have amended my... We're not talking about that. Because, yes, Mary, I, happen to be a Paul Heyman man. I'm a
2: Paul Heyman I, gal, so...
0: I am a Philadelphia guy. I am from southern New Jersey. I am a core ECW fan. <laughs> I love ECW. I love Paul Heyman. Heyman has always been a god as far as wrestling has gone and on on the mic there are very few there's a reason why they put Paul Heyman next to Brock Lesnar because people who can't achieve they don't have the skills on the stick as they say they put Paul Heyman in because Heyman can carry that weight he can carry that load he's just that good Paul Heyman is just that good that being said we're not talking about any of that. I'm talking about the current, okay? But in, in, my, in my top three, I said it, I said it before, I'm gonna say it again, my top three personal, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and CM Punk.
1: Okay, and now, I want you to to you
2: not in before you go into your tangent, that's nothing to shake your, your sick at. You putting CM Punk in the same bundle? as Austin
0: and Rock is huge. Let me finish. Okay, thank you. In no particular order, The Rock, CM Punk, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So here you have in 2021, CM Punk has returned to professional wrestling. And yes, eventually, you're not gonna be the top guy anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not stating that CM Punk has uh, lost a step on the mic because I don't really think he has. It. I don't think he has. At the I same don't time, think he showed his he's cards also yet. Not, he's also not in the role where he can achieve the type of heights that he achieved during his championship reign in the very, very bad years of, of WWE. And so here you have someone with like MJF. Okay. Who doesn't really even wrestle a whole lot? I mean, He does. And he's and okay. And he's okay. But his achievement is clearly on that microphone. So who's the other mic guy who's currently at the level that you want to achieve as a young wrestler? That person is going to be CM Punk. And what did I say at the beginning? When CM Punk came in and, and I, I started to, to get familiar with who MJF, right? Because again, I'm still in a, a learning phase. I'm still getting to know all the wrestlers in, in AEW, and I think you are as well for the most point. But MJF, pretty unknown, and, and I've gotten to know this guy. I was like, man, he, man, he's a comedian. He's very quick. He's a quick wit, and he is sharp as hell when it comes to delivery and execution <laughs> on the mic. So a long time ago, I was like, wait until you see this dude and CM Punk finally face off. We've been getting it these past couple of weeks. And so you're right. Wednesday
2: was past, weak, man. Here's the
0: thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about uh, that, that promo that two of them cut. First off, Punk just comes off of a pretty solid match. You know, he obviously he wins. You know, it, it's it's intense, and MJF is on the uh, on commentary, and clearly, you know what's going to happen in this regard. They're going they're both gonna face off <laughs> on the mic. MJF is super good at getting real. You know, he skirts that line, right? He's almost like he's like kind of like the Deadpool of the league. In a, in a way, like uh, you know, getting a bit personal, uh, breaking kayfabe, This kind of uh, skirting that line. It's very, very good. His
2: crystal meth line was very good. I'll give him that.
0: Right. You know, uh, what, what are you gonna, what are you, what are you gonna take shots at uh, at CM Punk for? Well, he's well, he's strange. He's, he's he's an insomniac. He doesn't get a lot of sleep. He's got. Horrible bags under his eyes. He's 43, right? 42, 43.
2: 43
0: years old. He just turned 43. And it shows in some of his performances. Now, I would argue that CM Punk is playing up to that role. I think he's playing the role of like, you know, I I have been doing this. I've been out for seven years in my early 40s. Um, and this is gassing me, but he's still winning the matches because he's just that tough. And I love that. I mean, if Punk. that's an angle, if that's the angle, he is selling it incredibly well. And if it's not, Punk is still building up to the point where he is uh, athletically able to really put on a show. I think he's still great. I really do. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. That being said, MJF. Who is arguably the best Mike man in AEW, with the exception of CM Punk, the exception of Chris Jericho? You can only pull so much material. They did 20, almost nearly 20 20 minutes of content in uh, last Wednesdays when they finally faced off Mike to Mike. The legend with that young whippersnapper and AEW. 20 almost 20 minutes of content eventually you're gonna hit you're gonna hit hit a ceiling there before things start to fall off and yes you you mentioned that promo started to get it was like
1: It, it felt very
2: bit, wwe
0: it was very it was a little it was, it was very was wwe little, you're was pulling it there was a lot of reaching going on yeah you're, you're like oh now, Pierre, i would, say, I would pump, say
2: and it's just like Sure, I would say- What are you doing? I
0: would say, here's the thing, Mayor. Maybe you're viewing it as a a long time wrestling fan. Me, I love this and I'm eating it up. I, the the dog thing, all of it's kind of like weird, but you're still forgetting that MJF, there is nothing redeemable about his character. He is the (laughs) heel of heels. There are no bigger heels i feel and you no, can put, they, and you're you right in that put, aspect i you agree can put, you can put the young bucks you can put ftr into that equation any heel you want no one no one on that roster achieves heel status like mjf and he does it with absolute
1: so okay perfection. that's that's and that's so fine. and
0: so and so what you might consider to be uh and undesirable or, or less than, uh, it didn't really stick the Mark. The arrow didn't stick the Mark. I thought it was great. And I can't wait to okay. see the two of them face off. And that's my. Okay.
1: Point.
2: So why did it feel so off though? That's, that's what I'm saying. You're hyping him up so much. And I'm not disagreeing with you.
0: He's very, very
2: but, good. <laughs> very good. Okay. For you. But. To quote, even though I haven't watched the show, if you step to the king, you best not miss. That whole promo, Punk didn't know what to do with it. So you're hyping this guy up so much. I feel, I totally feel everything you're saying. But something happened where he felt that he couldn't, he didn't have any material for him. And during the PG thing, it just felt very WWE. Like you're bringing up, oh, oh he was in like, WWE I, I during the PG era. I like it's still the PG era. Blah, blah, blah. I kind of like. It I kind of like it, the PG It was Punk detrimental, game. I, like that. I think, to, to MGF. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Punk had a match and he struggled. He's doing the old man thing. He's doing the old man Logan thing, which is what I I compare. Punk doing right now, I appreciate the fact that he's trying to put over younger talent and he's very set in that. That's fine. But like, you take this MJF program right now and this is supposed to be one of the best Mike guys in the business right now. And I do not disagree with that. I mean, he's fantastic, right? But you take this program and the, the minuscule program that Punk had with Eddie Kingston and the Eddie Kingston thing is blowing this crap out of the water. Everybody has been waiting for this face off. Everybody. That's what you want. Even before Punk was signed to, to AEW, everybody was like, "Yo, imagine if like MJF and like Punk like face off on the mic." Yeah. So you finally get this fantasy matchup where you have MJF and and Punk Based on their mic skills alone, what happened? What happened? Because MJF like under deliver. If that was Chris Jericho, which you were saying long-term, that was Chris Jericho on the mic with Punk facing off, it would have been a seller. I think that MJF got scared. Sorry, MJF. You could tell me to go F myself. I don't know how they're going to save this at this point.
0: Well, I think the only way that they save this is to close out the story. Eventually, it's going to have to They're going to wrestle, and um, they're, going to gonna to they're going to have to settle. They're going to have to settle. Settle in the ring.
2: ring. Settle, settle in the ring. ring. But anyway, so we digress off of Rampage. Moving on. Going back into Rampage.
0: Yes, back to Rampage. This podcast <laughs> <laughs> The topic of this podcast
2: Jade Cargill, first
0: Janai Kai,
2: who hasn't officially been signed, right? But is um being trained by Thunder Rosa, the goddess herself,
0: up. Jade Cargill. Boy, boy, am I a big fan. I
2: mean, I tagged you in the in the podcast last week. I tagged Jade because I, I said you were such a fanboy.
0: I am a so I this
2: is um, your a match,
0: a fan for uh, for Jade. Oh man,
2: um, Storm herself, as, as we keep saying. Because she looks a hell of a lot like Storm.
0: I'm gonna let you uh, take this. I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one, Mayor. Because uh, this was fairly cut and dry. Um, it was I am a squash mash, with...
2: which we were talking about this before we got on. You didn't know what a squash match was. <laughs> Somebody who wins something in two minutes and it completely is dominating over a jobber is, as you would say, Ham and
0: egger.
2: Yes, it was a squash match between Jade Cargill and Janai Kai, who is underneath Thunder Rosa, who Thunder Rosa is facing off against Jade in the quarterfinals for the inaugural TBS uh, Women's Championship title. And we've been going back and forth about this. I thought that the Thunder Rosa match was this week. Obviously, I was wrong. They're, I thought it was this week as well.
0: I actually thought I thought it was this week as well.
2: Nothing really much to see here. Jade dominated her, uh, crushed her, and grinded her into a powder, which Matt wishes that Jade would do to him on a nightly basis. Uh, what was that?
0: If, if, if Jade Cardinal needs somebody to do mesh into a very fine paste, she can do that.
2: To you? I love you. <laughs> but at but the end can... of the match, Thunder Rosa and her went after it. Thunder Rosa was on commentary during the match, she went down after her student, I guess you could say, um, got squashed by Jade. And they went at it for a little bit. It was a good hype. I, I, I always like when the women do the, the angle that the men would normally do, where they have to get pulled apart because the women don't do that much.
0: There was a key phrase. Um, from a, I believe it was Test. AEW <laughs> has had this trend where... Key rivals will be uh, commentating at the, uh, the commentary table. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the match, said rival will say, I've had enough. I can't take any more of this. And they'll throw down the headset and they'll yeah. f- take off to the ring. I mean,
2: every, was- every wrestling promotion rarely does that.
0: They all, they all do that. AEW's been leaning on it. I feel like maybe a little bit too frequently. Quite frankly,
2: they always uh, have an interference. Yes, it's one. There's of the always calls.
0: an interference from the other, uh, the the guest commentator. I believe Taz. I think Taz, as Thunder Rose took off her headset and took off of the ring to attack Jade uh, Cargill. I think it was Taz who said, "Why does everybody do that?"
1: And yeah, I just, yeah. Like, you... <laughs> I
0: had to send you a text because I was like, "That's hilarious." Yes, which is it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit that's getting a bit long in the tooth. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun to see Jade and uh, Thunder Rosa actually wrestle because Jade, well, here's the thing. If you couldn't tell, Jade is a physical force. She is almost double the size of most of the, uh, the, the, the wrestlers, the female wrestlers in the league. Uh, so uh, Jade Cargill, who is, again, <laughs> carved out of the side of a mountain. Uh, will probably, she will probably not lose. She's going to be in my, considering my title as the wrestling Miss Breyer. I believe she will be the, she is going to be the TNT women's champion, uh, without a doubt, in my mind. Uh, you're, you're right. She will probably face off against uh, Ruby Soho in the, uh, the final. Uh, you're still
2: going with it. You're saying that Jade takes this whole entire thing. I so.
0: think Jade absolutely, goes all the way and takes the title because she is just that much of a force and she's actually she's uh, i'm surprised she's a heel i think it's unfortunate because i think she's
2: she looks like a heel dude she there's no way she she absolutely
0: looks like a heel yes and i'm sure that there are plenty uh plenty of listeners who are listening to this podcast who are screaming at me and uh searching for my twitter handle tell me I'm very wrong, who want to say that she's a bad wrestler.
2: I still think she's green. I don't think she's a bad wrestler. I just think she's she's green.
0: green. Sure. But at the same time, she is an incredible force. And I feel like that if you're that big and you're that strong, you can potentially really harm someone if you're, you're not at the apex of your craft. And I think maybe she's probably working on, But that being said, I do think that she goes all the way. And I do think that, uh, well, she's definitely going to beat Thunder Rosa. It's going to be, a, I, I hope, a good match. And I think at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the road of this tournament, she will be the champion. And then we'll see where things go at that point. But I, I think Ruby finally loses uh, mm-hmm. from her debut match at uh, all, all, all In. I think she's absolutely going to go to the final with Jade. And then I think she's going to drop Jade. It's just the way I see it. Uh, I could be wrong. This is
1: You're probably, bias.
0: you know, that's my, that's, my, that's my heart. My heart is saying that Jade is going to go all the way and she's going to be the first women's TNT champion. TBS. But, my gut, but my gut is saying,
2: TBS champion. Ru-
0: Ruby, is go- Ruby is going to stop Jade's streak and she is going to become the, uh, the women's champion. That's my gut. My heart says Jade. My gut says Ruby. We'll see which one is right.
2: Okay, so what? to just to correct Mappy right now, it's the TBS championship, not the TNT championship.
0: Oh, TBS. I'm sorry. The Turner Broadcasting System championship.
2: We're, we're going back to WCW days, man. It's TBS. You're right. TBS. Okay,
0: my apologies.
2: I understand what you're saying. I just think that, like I said last week, Ruby has a lot behind her. She looks different. I think she was completely underutilized in WWE fantastic wrestler. The match that she had on, on Wednesday was great. Her reactions, her, her selling like her being bug eyed and stuff like that. And she pulled it off. I told you, I think Jade's going to be a star. I just don't think this is her time. I would rather see Jade get the AEW championship and pull it off of Britt Baker because Britt Baker is dominating everybody. And it would take a lot of a hard, somebody who could deal with her outside interference with Jamie Hayter and um, Rebel, have somebody who could take on the three of them and not like get phased because she's so strong and take Britt Baker off her throne. That would make more sense to me, not for an Oriola champ. They want somebody who is solid. I think Jade is a strong presence, like you said. Um, She's star. She's beautiful. She's carved out of stone. But she's still very green. I don't think she's a terrible wrestler. I just think that she's still green, and she has a lot of power, and she hasn't figured out how to navigate that or infiltrate it into her wrestling dynamic. Um, I think she still needs more progress because I don't, Again, I, I'm very new with AEW people. I don't know what her history is, if she was an independent or if she was just, like, really starting out and she just got signed to AEW. I don't know that. So I just think that Jade is too green. I don't think she's a bad wrestler. I just think she's too green. And if, she, if she's not up to par in the ring... And I feel like AEW is focusing on these things where WWE is just based on looks. Like, listen, if Jade was in WWE, she'd be champ right now.
0: She would be the absolutely 100%.
2: The 100%. Champ. She would be a Nia Jax who, even if she was terrible in the ring, she would be, she would be champ based on her look and her strength.
0: It's almost like she is the, she's, she's the most WWE on the AEW roster.
2: I would agree with that. I would because, absolutely agree with that.
0: And I, I talk a big game because um, I've, I'm very- Biased, biased.
1: you're biased.
0: I'm, I am biased because man, I, boy, I, God, I am, uh, she's, a, she's an attractive human being, uh, but she is absolutely 100%. I, I'm sure that Vince, you know, if he ever tunes into TNT to, to
1: catch, he
2: didn't do that. No, of w- course not. W- no, not at all. But if ever,
0: if ever anyone shoved some footage of one of the lady wrestlers in front of Vince, he would see her and he would salivate. Because, no,
2: she uh, she has a million look. She looks
0: like a million bucks. She looks uh, like
2: a million bucks. I I I love her look. I think she's gorgeous. I don't give a crap that we're really, she is. We're,
0: we're going very deep into physical, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but that uh, that's the point, about-
2: though. That's my point. I think you're basing it more on looks, where AEW is trying to go past that, and that's yes, why I think absolutely. Ruby yes. Ruby is a good fit. Because as I said last week with you she is alternative looking even though for our generation she's normal like to be quite honest it's uh, the people that are in positions ruby. that are that are above us that look at somebody like ruby Ho- soho and they're like she's not marketable but she's the chick that nonsense. I can with on a week it's nonsense. nonsense it's old school old school thinking but i'm just saying if AEW is the alternative to WWE and somebody like Ruby Ho- Soho, who is very seasoned at this point, she has been an independent wrestler. She has been on the radar for a while. You give the up incumbents to her because she's not carved out of stone and she doesn't have the look, the marketable look. And I think that that perfects her coming there she is the biggest female signing that that company has had so I think that like while you think that Jade is like that works I that's not what AEW as a whole is trying to do all
0: right so let's let's just let's uh, agree on the fact that this was a
2: I still think Thunder Rose is going to give her a run for her buddy, though. Thunder Rose I is Absolutely, 100%.
0: Out. It's going to be... I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. It will, it will certainly not be a squash match as... Uh, no, no. It will not, by any means. Thunder Rose is very popular, and she deserves to be popular, and I and like her a great, whole lot. she's great, bad I, I, I love she's her. Great, and I love her a whole lot, but she's absolutely not... She is, she is going to lose Jade in the next round, and then uh, we're going to get to that point. But um, that being said... You know, this was just setting the stage for a very uh, solid face off and then eventually leading into the finals, which I'm excited for. I'm, I'm genuinely excited for the, uh, the women's finals uh, and uh, for the TBS title. Excuse me, TBS, not TNT, but TBS title. Thank
1: you. So
2: last match, was, last match. Um, Your favorite wrestler.
0: And substantial. uh Yes. So
2: Matt's favorite wrestler since he has started watching again is Pac. In
0: in AEW, my I was going to get to this absolutely because, um, sure might seem strange, but the Bastard Pack, uh, is absolutely my favorite wrestler (laughs) in not only AEW but in general. Possibly in general, like the dude is, and he's great. He is. Phenomenal, but let me just you know to 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 intro. Uh, it was uh, uh, the bastard uh, pack. Penta El cero mie Penta El Zero Miedo. Um, we're and for the sake of brevity, we're going to be calling him Penta. Uh, Penta, yes.
1: But
2: I, I appreciate your Spanish introduction. Thank I you.
0: Think. So the bastard uh, and Penta versus FTR. Pac is. Probably, definitely my favorite wrestler in AEW right now. Um, I, I can, love him. I,
2: can I cut you off? Why, why is Pac your favorite wrestler?
0: Okay, so um, he is, as far as the wrestling goes, forget the Mike skills. the dude is from uh, Newcastle, if I'm not mistaken. Although he's, you know, caught a couple of promos here and there, and dude has, you know, he's got his very unique accent from the, uh, the northern portion of Ingerland. Uh, just below the the, the Scottish uh, border, if I'm not mistaken. Newcastle, if anybody from uh, Newcastle area is uh, listening to this, uh, my apologies for butchering the uh, location for where you it are. It was a particular
2: um, thing, though. You said that when we were talking about He has a particular accent, right? Yes, it's what called the it?
0: Geor- uh, Geordie
2: accent. Geordie accent, yes.
0: So Pac is, uh, pound for pound, my favorite wrestler currently uh, in AEW. Now, I would say that between him and Kenny Omega, you're getting the best wrestling potentially in the world at the moment. Not just me. Um, I think Kenny Omega is uh, truly an amazing talent uh, and quite possibly the best wrestler. Working at the moment, Mary, you might disagree, doesn't matter.
2: I'm not gonna argue the Kenny Omega thing. I didn't really know about it before I started watching AEW. Everybody said Kenny Omega is the best wrestler on the planet. I'm not going to disagree. You got to understand that I am WWE biased and like what I've seen. You put Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson, who I'm sorry, I don't give a F who you are. Brian Danielson is maybe that's why that whole storyline happened. The best wrestler on the planet despite like cm punk's like best in the world stuff that's just a gimmick i i mean i love punk but he's not the best wrestler on the planet and then my other my other pick is aj styles aj styles and kenny omega that match if it ever happens which i think it's already happened in new japan before you know styles got signed to wwe I don't have an argument to move for that. And somebody coming in who hasn't really watched wrestling in a long time. I'm never, I'm never going to argue Omega. I I don't know enough about him. I like his, I like his mic skills. I like his character. He's kind of a weirdo. I I think it's cool, but you're absolutely right. So continue. All
0: right. So just, just to roll the tape back just a bit. So uh, for anybody who is in doubt of the Bastard Pop and his skills and, you know, my passion for, uh, I guess, the ability of Kenny Omega, both he and Kenny Omega, go back to, 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 go, go, to go to YouTube and do a search for All Out 2019 Kenny Omega uh, versus the Bastard Pop. It is probably one of the best wrestling matches I have ever seen
2: Matt the nerd stuff right it now is, man
0: it is phenomenal it was absolutely phenomenal and it, uh, you know I have I've been a fan of this guy it, it's been building for quite some time and uh he's uh, fantastic he gives 100% of his ability in every single match there are certain wrestlers <laughs> such as hangman Adam Page uh such as Kenny Omega, uh, Adam Cole there are these wrestlers who are putting it all out for every single performance And you know what I'd actually put CM Punk on that on that list as well because he really despite what people might say about his his ability at his current age, what have you He's putting it all out there. Oh, and Eddie it Kingston, all out there. Oh, I wanna, really also want to give credit to Eddie Kingston because Eddie Kingston absolutely deserves it as well because Eddie Kingston, they these are guys who are putting it down on the line and they are giving it their all for every, for just a simple televised match. They are really giving like a performance that is pay-per-view grade. And that's where I'm judging a lot of uh, uh, my passion for these wrestlers these days. And, and the bastard is, every single time that dude comes out he is laying it down not only does he sell it really well when when he takes a bump but man he lays it out and he makes you believe it there are times where it's like he's landing some of the the kicks and he's landing some of, of his throws or he's he's jumping off of the uh, the top turnbuckle it's like holy shit, he's putting his life this dude is putting his life on the line and so that leads me to, and then one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight Pac in this discussion was because this whole angle with he's wearing an eye patch in this uh, mm-hmm. this match and rampage. He's got an eye patch, and the, the, the televised angle is that
2: he can't see. Basically, he can't. He can't see his, eye his
0: because off. because Alistair Black blasted the, the black, black the, mist. Uh, the mist into his eyes, so he can't see. Now uh, there was a, a moment, and, and this is me being, I guess, a mark <laughs> for professional wrestling. But in one of those past matches, I think that that last match between Pac and uh, Andrade El Idolo and Alistair Black and uh, Cody Rhodes.
2: Not Alistair Black, actually. It's-
0: no, no. Am I wrong about that?
2: Is Malachi Black?
0: Have I been saying Alistair the entire time?
2: Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It's all interchangeable. Tell me in. Tell me in. Let's Malachi, let's like go back to, to
0: Malachi Black. Work. I'm sorry.
2: Malachi Black.
0: <laughs> I'm getting names mixed up. So Malachi Black, uh, Cody Rhodes, the Bastard Pack, and uh, Andrade, LD Edelman. A great matchup and it seemed like it actually seemed like pot got injured at one point and maybe that's because i just wanted to buy into some plot line what have you i don't know but the dude was laid out in at the end of that match and um well i bought into it and then all of a sudden one week later he's got an eye patch over his eyeball now If he wasn't actually injured, then ultimately what you have is a a professional wrestler who is (laughs) having to operate under false pretenses with an eye patch over his eyeball. And uh, and for those of you who who have not maybe had to wear an eye patch in the past, depth perception is greatly reduced when you only have the use of one with one eye. So I can only imagine how difficult it must be for anybody in professional wrestling, let alone any other sport, to have to perform with one eye. So if that I mean, that's eye.
1: Completely
2: actually, and obviously, like it's so like jarring. So if Even exactly, if he's not so actually injured, exactly, like, like eye, if you have one thing off. Yeah.
0: If his eye is injured, actually injured, which I kind of feel like he probably took some damage to the eye, maybe not because of the mist, but because like he took a a hit in the wrong way and it affected his vision. And he has to have an eye patch on. That sucks. It's terrible, but the dude is is willing to go out there uh, with an eye patch and, and still perform at an optimal level. If not, and if it's simply a prop, to close in the whole storyline between Malachi Black and Pac and everybody else in that, that, that circle, that plot line they're going with. You're still a wrestler having to achieve the type of performance that you have to achieve with one eyeball. You didn't pull it off in the middle and say, hey, look, I'm not actually one-eyed. Now you have to fight new 2. It didn't happen. It was an amazing match. It was a fantastic match.
2: It was a very, very good match. Yeah. I mean, everything, every argument that you have, I that being your favorite wrestler, just because he is so talented, and even if this is a gimmick, which it probably is, like his one eye being false, you know, not being able to use it right now. That's... That's a lot of work for a wrestler. A lot, um, that is a really lot doing... of
0: work to only to do all of that
2: with one Yeah, high. especially when we were doing high-flying moves like that. And then, so, getting to the end of the match, you know, FTR is fantastic. Um, it's old school. I love them. Telebrancher got involved. He got injured. I was surprised that we didn't see somebody, like, sing or whatever. Like, he, you know, he involved himself in the match, but Then Malachi Black came out and blinded him in the other eye. So that's the story going forward. I don't know what's going to happen with it. It was a good main event. I always love that these main events, even if they're like tag team wrestling, what I said a couple of weeks ago, my first podcast, I love the fact that they hype it up and there's a main event and there's a reason for that main event. So it was just a solid match. That guy is amazing. Everything about him is intriguing
0: it's not it's not based on uh, it's not based on nothing <laughs> there's enough content to go around where you can look up uh, there's so much talent in this in this uh, organization it really is and you know even even when you're if you tune into dark which if you know I'm imagining. I'm imagining anyone who's listening to this podcast knows that AEW Dark is, is is strictly internet based, and it's it seems to be where it's this it's the place where the new talent is training up, and the current talent is getting a moment to train up for the main event, for the televised events. It's good stuff. It's fun, and uh, you know there's plenty of content that you can plumb through. With these amazing wrestlers that have taken place in the past, I know that uh, Omega is was a known quantity before he he joined uh, AEW. Without a doubt, he's he had a following. I'm unfamiliar with his work outside of AEW. Gonna have to do some uh, investigation myself because man, he's phenomenal, and Pac uh, at the same is probably at the same level as Omega. Man, I got to tell you, I absolutely uh, love the, the, the top, the upper echelon of this league is so entertaining to watch. And that's really what I'm going to get at, is like, it, it, I'm enjoying the hell. This is bringing it all home there. I'm enjoying the hell out of all of their broadcasts. Um, there are times where I tune into dark. Maybe I'm, I'm sitting at the computer want to throw it on YouTube and see what's going on see some new talent stuff like that that's even fun but these these you know every Wednesday and Friday man I am really wholly enjoying professional wrestling that is on the TV and um man it, it's absolutely worth uh, paying attention to because there is not there is simply not one more one game in town anymore there is competition for WWE and in my opinion this is head and shoulders better than the product that uh,
1: WWE I mean, but
2: that's the, at the end of the day, that's the problem is that like, you want WWE to step up. The WWE, despite all their releases that they've had in the last two years, they have a lot of talent and they should be trying to like compete with these people. But like, because it's an upstart, but they have the backing. I think it's egregious or I don't know if that's the right word. I'm I'm throwing out words right now. It's just weird that you wouldn't like. I said last week I had somebody come after me, and they're like, "You're just bashing Vince." No, I'm not. I just feel like you should. Competition makes everything better, right? And they're you know, putting I, out a rocket products, and people aren't watching it necessarily right now. But hey. like, if it's WWE. I understand that you want to be mainstream, but I feel like the way to be mainstream these days, especially being from where we're from, right? So, like before, pop like pop culture was a thing, but it also started being like kind of sedimented when we were teenagers, right? You need to not be mainstream.
0: Can I right? just interject? Can I just interject here, Mayor, for a second? Because I want to point out that honestly i don't care about the
2: wwe no but i understand that matt no no i'm not trying to cut you off because you've already said this a million times during this podcast i understand that you don't care about wwe i get that i completely get that as somebody who has been a loyal wwe fan for 30 years plus i get it but to have people be like, oh, you're like, you're an AEW marker, anything like you're just gonna bash everything that WWE is doing, that's not fair. I want WWE to succeed. I want, I, there's so many people that are in that company still, even though their roster is very slim right now. It's just, listen, I'm an old school guy. As I was saying, alluding to when we grew up and when we were teenagers and like mainstream was not cool. It was everything that was alternative and that's was sold. And now we are the elders. Unfortunately, I hate saying that. Like, I hate saying that we're the old people in the room. We are to an extent, but these, this is the product that you sold to us as we were teenagers. We're going to be spending money if we have kids, if we do not, I want WWE to succeed. And I feel like them not taking them seriously, even for a minuscule is detrimental to their whole product. It's detrimental to to pro wrestling as a whole. Competition always breeds good things, right?
1: Clearly, you wouldn't get get AEW. AEW,
0: You wouldn't get this product if you didn't have WWE. And that's my... But
2: AEW is firing on all cylinders, and WWE is not.
0: In part because the WWE is not. And here's the thing. Here we are. We're on an AEW podcast because that's what this is. Granted, it might be on an unofficial WWE podcast uh, company.
2: That's how it started off.
0: Umbrella. But for me, here's the thing, Mayor. I understand your uh, perspective. Here's the thing. I don't give a damn about WWE. I don't care about what they're doing. I think what they're doing is bad. I think what AEW was doing is fantastic and I'm loving it. I'm loving it through and through and that is uh, really the end of the story.
2: Don't you think as a whole if you are now getting back into professional wrestling and you're seeing shades of what made you a fan to begin with and anybody like you and me who was born in the early 80s, late 70s and grew up on this stuff and saw all this stuff happened with the wrestling wars and stuff like that sure. as a person if you're a fan of professional wrestling and this is why i've been getting like catty with people don't in some aspect even if you don't give a about wwe don't you want them to succeed in some point away you want them to take them seriously so they could do good products because Again, what I go back to is even though all the talent that WWE has released in the last two years, they still have a stellar roster. I, I'm trying to remove myself, and you know who I am, and, and we talk about this, you're, you're somewhat that, but you know how anti-established I am, and how anti-corporate, and all that stuff. I want WWE to succeed. They, they hoarded talent because they didn't want another promotion to come up that they would have to compete with. And they got screwed because we got Tony Khan and all these guys, and they did this federation. This is the first thing says when you fell out of wrestling in 2001, that is actually competition for WWE, right? Don't you want in some aspect to see the talent you just think the talent on WWE is bad because they're putting out a bad product. It's not bad talent; it's Michael understand.
0: Anderson. Let me let me clarify.
2: So don't, don't you think- want, okay? Hold on, but don't you want them to kind of succeed in some sort of way? Because then you're like, oh crap, that's going to make AEW better, and that's going to make WWE better.
0: Let me clarify. I don't think that the talent is bad. I think that the product is bad. Recently, just a, a couple of hours ago, from when we started recording this, uh, I was on YouTube and um, I saw a podcast or a YouTuber who was interviewing Becky Lynch. And the question to Becky Lynch was, do you view AEW as, as the competition to WWE? And Becky Lynch said, no, they're not. I don't view them as competition. I just view them as a different product. And that's, you know, a very the valid. That's valid, sure. It might be a bit of a cop out. It's a different thing, without a doubt. But that being said, it's the quality of the thing that I have a problem with. As a fan, or as a casual fit, because I can't call myself, the people who are listening to this podcast, or you've lasted this long, they're the fans. Mary, you're a fan of this stuff. I am a casual, I'm a dirty casual.
1: Mm, but, that being said, I mean,
0: but that being said, the product is the thing that I have a problem with. It's not the talent. I genuinely believe, and, and, and I'm going to roll it back a bit, to the podcast that we released last week that I was a part of where I said I had a couple of predictions for the, the talent who would eventually cross over in AEW and that was um Kevin Owens Sami Zane Sami Zane and I actually think that uh, AJ Styles will wind up there as well despite the fact you know his age what have you he's probably going to retire publicly. There are there are there's talent in WWE that simply feel like they'd be a far, far better fit in AEW. Not because of their talent level, but because the product is bad. The WWE product to me is bad. The product, the AEW product to me is good. And it allows this talent of which there is substantial amount of talent in the WWE who would be able to flourish in, in a because it's, it's forget the, the, the pomp and circumstance and forget the glitz and glamor of the WWE. You're getting a distilled version. In my opinion, you're getting a distilled version of the, actual sport the athleticism that these people are capable of you know like you don't need the soap opera you don't need the drama oh you're going to get that wrestling is supposed to be dramatic it's supposed to be it's a male soap
2: opera uh, it, it is literally the male it's
0: pumping soap circuit. that's what it is but the, my point is is like the actual the act is substantially better in aew that's just my take and I'm gonna uh, die on this hill. I truly believe that a lot of the talent that are there uh, having to work, I don't wanna blame everything on Vince
1: McMahon, but having to
0: work under under the umbrella of WWE hinders their ability to truly flourish at what they're very talented at. That's my point, that's it. That's why I enjoy the hell out of this thing. I really do. I'm tuning in every week to you know see where the storylines go and see what characters go where. But ultimately, it's like, damn, these guys are bringing it. They are bringing it almost every single. So week. it
2: seems like what you're saying is WWE is lazy, and and I think that is with any corporate structure um they're they're the big dogs
0: i don't want to say lazy because i think that's detriment to the people who i think the,
2: they have the, Roblox, the, the i think that they have talented people in creative and and vince is just so out of touch that it becomes a yes man situation and I, it, that's it, that's why that's why i say the corporate thing i mean everybody like you know like tony Khan blah 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 but he's a fan and um I think at the end of the day like WWE's problem or has been their problem is that they are hiring TV writers and they're trying to be way too mainstream. I feel like that they they could achieve mainstream status like they did when Stone Cold was, you know, hot and punk was hot. Punk was selling more than Cena. You become mainstream when you're not worried about it. And I think that's the problem, but I also think that WWE like actually needs to recognize that AEW is not a TNA or it's not an ROH. And I think that's a disservice to them. Um, I think the whole NXT crap that has gone down, and I'm not I'm not a huge triple H fan. I'm really not. Um, but I know that Triple H was doing really good things. And NXT, and we're going to see in the next couple of months, like, and at the end of the year, like Gargano and the guys that I was showing you in NXT, because Matt wasn't watching any of this stuff, and I was like, oh, we need to watch Gargano versus Champa, and you're like, all right, whatever. phenomenal, like, holy
0: phenomenal, crap. phenomenal,
2: phenomenal matches, so. Gargano and Ciampa, the residents of NXT that are still there, I don't know what's going to happen. I think if they were pulled up to main roster on WWE, they have nothing to do with them. Adam Cole, that's they what I think. They have nothing to say. do. They and have that's nothing for point. them. Imagine. Johnny Gargano, this is, this is, this if is he's where... not on NXT, he needs to be in AEW because they're not going to know what to do with him. Is the same thing with Adam Cole. You know, Imagine. so we're going to Imagine. see in the next couple of months how that reels out, and I just think it's a disservice. So, like again, not being a huge Triple H fan in general, I think Triple H doesn't get enough credit because Triple H is still, despite what I think about him, he's he he he's in touch. Um, you have a seventy-six-year-old man running a a federation where he's the end-all, be-all. And everybody's like, oh, he has to have a hand in NXT. It was very clear that he didn't because NXT would be NXT 2.0 right now if he was watching it. And Trips having a health issue randomly and all this stuff happened while Trips was out. I mean, you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, but like the people that listen to this podcast, if they're wrestling fans, they know exactly what I'm talking about right now. At the end of the day, I want WWE to succeed. That is that is the reason why I watch wrestling. I don't want Vince to kick the bucket. I just want Vince to, like, no, not be Hulk Hogan. Not be Brett Favre. Know your time is up. And let people that are more in tune do your stuff. Because I think that WWE could be a great product.
0: Well, Mayor... You can't keep, you can't teach an old dog with a okay. massive ego. Here's my thing, because you mentioned this before, Gargano and Ciampa.
1: Also, some
0: of, the, some of the most amazing professional wrestling matches that I think you can get. Pound for pound, bar none. They are those two guys know how to scrap, and the fact that they are WWE product, it's a WWE product. Imagine if they do get called up to the I don't main think it's roster. Happening.
2: What's going to happen? I don't
1: you know, I mean, think nothing. it's happening.
2: I think no, it's probably not going to happen. But imagine, leaving. I imagine, think no, imagine, leaving. But
0: imagine, who cares? Imagine if they get picked up in AEW. You're going to have those matches with those two guys, not only between the two of them, but mixed up with the rest of that roster and how good it's gonna be, how good it can be. And that is, that is how bullish I am on AEW as a uh, wrestling league. I truly, I believe in it. And uh, sure, does that make me a mark? I guess.
1: No, it doesn't. It
2: just, it, it proves the fact that you are somebody that has just come back into the wrestling foo and you can recognize that if yeah. Ciampa and Gargano are called up to the main roster, they're going to crap the bed. Like so, they've the bed with every NXT character that has been super over and NXT was the answer for mainstream independent wrestling that like Triple H built that whole thing. You recognize it so wrapping it up.
0: To wrap it up,
2: it was a good rampage this week. Everything is very clear. good. Rampage. We, will see, yes. we will see what happens next week. Um, this weekend is War Games. We were talking about NXT, um, and it has to do with Gargano, um, and Chiampa. i pretty sure. I'm actually going to watch this pay-per-view. It's going to be the first pay-per-view for NXT that I've watched in a while, just because I want to see what the new structure is. But uh, yeah, fun wrestling week. This was a rant, Matt. For somebody who is not um, saying that they're, they're not a wrestling fan. Uh, you kind of seem like a wrestling
0: Episode three, I'm not sure, I'm not entirely sure what's gonna hit the cutting room floor, but rest assured, uh, when you're hearing this, uh, Mary and I have gone on some wild tangents about wrestling, both AEW and the WWE. (laughs) To say the least, we got takes, we got takes. takes. But look, listen, speaking of takes, uh, before we wrap up the uh, the show, Mayor, uh, the final segment, to wrap it all up is hot takes. Hot takes.
2: Is it hot oh, takes? We already me, had our hot takes. Are we doing conspiracy theories? No, theory I theory? haven't had
0: my hot take. Oh, you okay. Had your all hot right. take. So
2: wait, hold on. Hot takes by Matt Thomasetti. Go for it. Go.
0: Okay. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I just want to state, for the record, to uh, to roll the uh, the tape back. That uh, Mary's hot take was that Chris Jericho is the greatest of all time. He's a goat. Hot take. Okay, he's the goat. Chris Jericho, the goat. Fair enough. My hot take, a bit less spicy, um, and you know, it's a hot take. It's a hot take. I, uh, the entrance music for the Gun Club, I love. It might be my favorite. Now, I will state that uh, Hangman Adam Page has amazing entrance music amazing it's great but there's something about whatever (laughs) the gun club whatever that music is uh whatever the entrance theme for the gun club is for billy Gunn and uh i guess his sons
2: (laughs) yes apparently those are his kids uh, i'm still waiting like not to like like overtake your hot take i'm still waiting for Dolph sogar in wwe kid. Too,
0: Mary, you don't get two hot takes per episode. I don't care if this is your podcast. No, that product. was a conspiracy. Pot, theory. That my wasn't hot take that, that
2: was was in a
0: hot the take. Gun club, my hot take was the gun club's intro music is the best in AEW. That's my opinion. I love it. I actually want to download it and listen to it. It's pretty good. <laughs> I might be the only. I might be the only one. I don't
2: know their music enough to know if it's like the best. I'm I'm trying. I'll
0: send it to you afterward. I think Kenny
2: Omega's music is the best music. I love Kenny Omega because it's Street Fighter and anime and like the whole Mega and him coming from New Japan and stuff like that. New Japan, blah blah blah.
0: uh, I think uh, that's
2: the best music.
0: I man, there's something about the uh, the Gun Club.
2: So on that note, follow me on Twitter. At Mare, M-A-R-E underscore Bear B-A-R-E. Not like a bear, bear like naked. I like to make that joke. Um, follow the WWE podcast at wrestling underscore audio. And follow if you would like stupid takes <laughs> from Matt Thomasetti at Matt of Myth on Twitter. Hopefully we'll see you next week and it won't as all over the place. Take care, we'll see you next week. Late.
0: Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad free, head over to patreon.com/wwepodcast.
1: Until then, we'll see you next time.